who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, are you going to meet my parents now for Christmas? Like, and that that brings it to a whole other level. Like, why would you put that pressure on yourself? Yeah. Well, that's what happened to me. Yeah, that is what happened that's to you, exactly Mel. Exactly what happened to me, and um, it was yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Luckily, it went well. I'm diking out. You're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out. Diking out. Diking out. Diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that's ready to settle down just in time for the holidays. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with actor Amanda Grace Jenkins about cuffing season. Tis the season. It is. It is. It's what everybody's talking about. Yeah, this was this was a fun conversation. We're excited to get to it, but some announcements first. You know, we haven't asked you in a long time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I mean, what? It's been like three weeks. So make sure that you go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, please. It really does help other people find the podcast and it makes us look good. Thank you. We love it. We love it so much. You know, you probably found the podcast because some dyke out there rated it five stars. So let's just pay it forward this holiday season. I love that. Yes. Do it for the holidays. Yeah, not us. No. Never. Santa. Also, uh, you know, while you're at it, you can become a a patron on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash diking out. And for as little as $5 a month, you get an extra episode pretty much every week uh, where we get into fights. Yeah. It's getting real adversarial over on patreon.com. Get some popcorn. Yeah, there's a whole lot of dyke drama. There's dyke bike drama that's happening between me and Melody uh, on our off topics. 
she did call me white devil and a few times. Yeah, and you'll you'll hear why. So five dollars <laughs> a month. Uh, for fifteen dollars a month, you can listen to ad free episodes of this podcast. And for twenty dollars a month, you can hang out with us on Zoom every other month. That's fun. That is fun. It becomes like a dyke happy hour, no matter where people are calling in from, which I love. Yes, it's one of my favorite things to do. And we have one that's going to be coming up. So actually, if you become a, a patron now, you'll be able to join our December Patreon hang. And love it. lastly, if you're listening to this in time uh, tonight, Tuesday, December 7th, we are doing a live recording of the podcast. If you live in New York, come to the Wing Soho. Uh, go to the Eventbrite link that is in our Instagram bio, and you can RSVP for free. There will be wine. There will be Jenna Lyons. There will be both Wow, me and Melody. Because. Because. Because Melody Kamali was not at the Stonewall show. No. And we hate it. I hate it. Carolyn was sick last week. This week I'm sick. And it's not it's not 2019. You can't just power through. You can't just do a, a cocktail of all your, your cold syrups mm-hmm. in uh, your medicine cabinet and go out and do shows. People people don't like that. Yeah. People being me. Carolyn. No. Um, but also <laughs> other performers. But we did have our show at Stonewall and we'll be back in January with our next show. They are the last Monday of the month. And it was a great one. It was a great one for people who were there. The audience was great. The comedians were great. Softy performed. Uh, It was a really, really fun time. And uh, plug your ears, Melody. Don't listen to this part. It was a really fun time. (sighs) Let's fight again. it felt so good (laughs) to be back. Yeah, um, it looked fun, you know, just it'll be extra awesome for you next time. And refresh on those stories from home. Yeah. Um, watching it all go down. Yeah, we'll be back in January and we're going to hook you up to um, an IV yeah. full of a vitamin cocktail <laughs> uh, leading up until then. And looking forward yeah. to it. One last plug for uh, the L Word holiday episode reading that we're doing at Stonewall. Now, when is that? And that is Tuesday, December 14th at 7.30 p.m. And yeah, tickets for that will also uh, be on our Instagram. You'll see the link for that. So make sure you come. You know, our it's a little bit different than our diking out at Stonewall shows, which always sell out. But I think that this will sell out, too. I think L word events are generally pretty. I mean, we have popular. come to find out. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when we're involved. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yep. We're saying Seppi Day will be there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask her to read for bet but then i didn't (laughs) i was like that's that's a weird ask yeah Uh, let's let's had she done the pod i would get her on the pod first yeah let's get her on the pod i know (laughs) always put the pod first yes melody yes i know you've been sick but have you been gay what's the gayest (laughs) thing that you did this week that's 
actually funny you should say when I was at the doctor, I went originally to get COVID tested when I started feeling not so well. And then I went to a walk-in clinic where I had the option to see the doctor and find out what was actually going on. So I was doing my whole intake with this nurse and um, got my vitals, got all the questions you get asked, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And she's asking about medications I'm on. And then, you know, that question, a lot of us get asked. I did not get asked it. What instead happened was... She turns to me, just going through, and goes, and you're not on birth control, right? <laughs> the question is, are you on birth control? I was asked, and you're not on birth control, right? And I was like, holy shit, I did it. I finally <laughs> look queer enough to not be asked this question. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. And I kind of snort laughed back like, no. Um, And it was just the gayest thing of the week, wasn't it? Um, (laughs) I love that. I love that for you. That doesn't ever happen, right? Yeah. No, they always ask. That's a weird thing to say. Like, right. I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, after that, she was like, I overcompensated my snort laugh no to the point where I seemed like an anti-birth control straight woman because she was like girl I know like <laughs> oh it's the worst I know don't we know um so <laughs> a real Ricky Lake yeah so I mean and that's the one time I went out in the last week so that'll yeah. have to be it yeah that's pretty gay I did probably get sick I solidified it from um not being at Stonewall, not for our show, but a few days before that, I went out dancing there. I just ended up there. I was drunk in the West Village and went up the stairs with Leah, who you know, Erica Rose's girlfriend, and our friend Alicia. We went up the stairs and it was just all Gen Z dancing. Like we just felt ancient. Really? And we were like, oh, I've never. Okay. I didn't know it was a younger crowd. It was so young and we were like should we dance and we did and (laughs) we were like wow I'm loving this Gen Z safe space like I'm telling you they I there were some people I danced so close with yet never touching that I was like I love this safe space like like I don't know how to explain it but we just uh let go of all of our inhibitions and danced with a lot of people in their early 20s upstairs at Stonewall where you would assume there would just be a bunch of lesbians sitting around. I don't know what I assumed. I just I didn't <laughs> that's what I associate upstairs at oh, Stonewall we have fun. With. Yeah. <laughs> we know how to have fun. Older lesbians. I know. Yeah, I was going through my text messages the next morning when I woke up incredibly dehydrated in my clothes and makeup from just hours prior on that dance floor. <laughs> and I had sent out these texts that were like, oh, we ended up at Stonewall to a lot of people. I danced with <laughs> with a Gen Z. It was hilarious. A Gen Z. <laughs> a Gen Z. <laughs> oldest text. So I gave you my gayest thing and my oldest thing of the week. Um, yeah. <laughs> what about you? What's the gayest thing you did this week? Oh, the gayest thing I did. I mean, I... Stonewall, the Stonewall show, I feel like that's a a cop out. So maybe it's that after the Stonewall show, I went to Cubbyhole. (laughs) We really go to three places, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to save the lesbian bars. Single handedly. Yes. 
yeah, I went to Cubby Hole after Stonewall and that was pretty gay. But no, I think I should be able to think of something gayer. Okay, so we won't count Cubby Hole as my gayest thing. I think actually the gayest thing was that uh, it was it was Cecilia's birthday. And we were actually just driving back from uh, Buffalo, which is not a thrilling uh, way to spend a birthday. But it was really nice. We like drives together. It's good quality wife time, you know, lots of time to just talk and connect and sing along to songs um, to the playlist that I made for my mom's Thanksgiving because she she likes to put this like Pandora station that's like elevator jazz music i'm like you're gonna put everyone to sleep i'm putting on whitney houston mariah beyonce like yeah let's get some appropriate songs in um but then we because we had spent the whole day driving we were just gonna have a chill uh night in and she wanted to watch a, a movie and i watched for the first time the matrix huh I've never actually sat through the entire movie, The Matrix. Yeah. And because Have they're I? rebooting it. I don't know if I've ever lasted the whole thing. I don't know what it's, well, I don't get it. What is The Matrix? Yeah. I don't, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned it at uh, my mom's that I'd never seen it. And my aunt was like, why do I feel like it was always on at your house? I felt like every time I came over, The Matrix was on. I was like, well, it wasn't me watching it. I don't know. Anyway, I think the gayest thing is that I uh, immediately Googled the actress who plays Trinity to see if she's gay IRL because she just had she's so gay in it, uh, except I guess like spoiler alert. uh, She's like in love with Keanu Reeves uh, character with Neo. Um, I think she plays a lesbian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you haven't seen The Matrix yet. uh, (laughs) It's not really a spoiler. To, like it, it's it's the dumbest. Like it was my least favorite part of it, and not just because it was like heterosexual garbage. Um, she plays the lesbian in Jessica Jones on Netflix. Oh, yeah. So it's the same actor. So I'm like, okay, and like I kind of like as soon as Trinity was introduced, I was like, oh, this is like definitely a lesbian. And I'm like, well, two lesbian. I wonder if the actor is gay, and they're not. Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. Yes, that is her name. And I just think, uh, you know, may- maybe it's pro- it. It's definitely just the hair. It's the <laughs> it's hair. The hair. And- oh, I want to be here for Halloween next year now because I now yes. I have this haircut. Amazing. You're already going to be cuppy. Oh, that's true. Oh, by the way, I got my bra measured. I'm not a double D. I'm a D sometimes double D. It's just I know everyone oh, was for the just record, yeah. freaking we need out. To issue a, a corrections at the at the top. <laughs> yeah, because I right was that what the episode I just yeah yeah offer where you... up my cup size. Um, oh, yep. cuppy was like, <laughs> I said I want to be cuppy for Halloween next right, year. She's right, like, yeah. well, do you have big boobs? Right. Yeah. So, so what is your bra size? So, if people want to send you a bra <laughs> instead of fan mail, just I'm send Melody bras. Not do you can send me a bralette. How about that? I'm a bralette. Yeah, that's the vibe. Just we got a new variant. A lot of things are being canceled in my life, and it looks like more bralette time, more couch and bralette, and that'll be a large thank you. 
Well, you know what's not being canceled is our conversation with today's guest. Yes. We are diking out with actor Amanda Grace Jenkins about cuffing season. So, Melody, while you're sitting around in your bralette, uh, <laughs> you were probably watching The 12 Dates of Christmas. And Amanda is the leading lesbian lady on the second season of The 12 Dates of Christmas. It is out streaming on HBO Max now. Check it out and let's get into it. Amanda Grace, thank you so much for taking the time to dike out with us this holiday season. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. So your show, by the time that this episode comes out, is already out streaming on HBO Max, The 12 Dates of Christmas, Did you film this then last holiday season at the end of 2020? Actually, we filmed it at the beginning of 2021. So we were in Christmas land from beginning of February to April. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So a little bit of like finagling to give a feel of New Year's and Christmas and all of that. Well, you pulled it off. Definitely. And it was weird because we got out of Christmas land and it was like, oh, it's Easter now. What? (laughs) 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 Confusing. (laughs) I mean, it was a winter wonderland, though. Where was this like chalet you guys were all in? It was in Lake Tahoe. So it was. um, Okay. It was still winter there. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I was thinking maybe it was like Lake Champlain or something uh, on the East Coast. But that's. Wow. All right. Gorgeous. Yeah, it was. It was my first time over there. So I I, and I was born in California. I spent so much time in in California and I'm like, I can't believe I've never been over here before. It reminded me of Colorado a lot because that's where I grew up, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we dive in uh, to talking about the show and cuffing season and everything else, Melody, do you have a question for Amanda? You know what I do, Carolyn? Amanda, what is the gayest thing you did this week? That's a great question. Um, (laughs) Well, I am hanging out in the mountains wearing flannel and talking about my feelings. So I would say that's the (laughs) gayest. That's it. That's it. Yes. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. We can't wait to dive into your feelings about everything (laughs) Um, yes where do we start like was being on a dating show something you ever saw for yourself uh that's a definite no (laughs) so I'm really uh, sometimes I still have moments where I'm like did I really do that like yeah like I'm still kind of like I feel like it's still kind of setting in that I even did the whole thing because I just yeah I never really saw myself dating in that way i've i don't really watch reality tv like i've watched a couple here and there when friends have when friends have had it on but it's Mm -hmm. i like a little bit more narrative stuff i'm really big into movies and television shows so it's not my typical choice of entertainment and i just was like i don't think i could do that i I don't think i could do that but when i got introduced to this idea and and i have been approached before um to be on reality shows and then I thought about it and I was like, no, no, it's not for me. So when they reached out to me for this and then I went and watched the first season, I was like, okay, um, 
I kind of like this. I like that they're in like a castle and it's Christmassy and it just seems like I, I like the whole rom-com kind of thing. And I'm kind of like a cheesy romantic. So I felt it was kind of right up my alley in a way. And also it didn't look too wild because that's more my thing as like, yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty reserved person. And it's not, it's not that I don't have a wild side. It's just that. <laughs> it's just you that might not I'm, want all of your family and friends to see that side. <laughs> yeah. I usually keep that a little bit more um, right. reserved. So yeah, um, I liked that in terms of just what I'm presenting to the public. It didn't right. seem that wild. Um, so I was like, yeah. all right, maybe. And I still had a lot of hesitance. I decided to go through with the process and I was single at the time. So I was like, okay, why not? I'll just go through the casting process. But there were, I don't even know. I can tell you how many times I decided I wasn't going to do it. And that was a for sure. Like, I'm like, I'm not doing it. And um, so then it wasn't until like a week before <laughs> the filming that I finally made an official decision that yes, I'm doing this. And then once I once I said yes and signed the contract, they're like, okay, we need you out here in like a couple of days. And, da, da, da. and it was just like, it was a whirlwind after that. So. Wow. Did you ever think like, wow, if this was such a hard decision on whether or not to do a show, how am I going to pick the person that I want to take home for Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would have to say that was, that was the most difficult part of this whole process for me. Um, because I mean, my personality in general is I like to think about things for a long time before I make a decision. <laughs> and especially if it's a big decision. And I don't, I don't take big decisions lightly. I really put a lot of thought into the things and people that I bring into my life. So, so that was challenging. I didn't have a lot of time. Um, and, and that pushed me to, I mean, I think in a good way, it kind of pushed me to, um, kind of jump some steps and process through some things a little faster and also just release and let go of that control that you don't always have all the time in the world to make big decisions. So right. um, I think it was a good challenge for me overall. We're so glad you took on the challenge because you did sort of make history by going on the show. I don't know how many other lesbian female leads we had on a reality dating show in the past, right? Like I can't think of any. It's kind of historic. Yeah. I mean, when you say that, like you never thought you'd be on one, it's like probably because They're it's not, not something that, <laughs> that lesbians do. Right. We're not yeah. like ever the, <laughs> the focal point of programming like this. So it was really refreshing to see and a lot of fun too, especially the fact that it was like a straight couple uh, a gay guy couple and then like, you know, queer women, non-binary uh, folks. And um, just to see kind of the the differences between how how each of the groups are um, was pretty funny. Uh, and, I mean, I haven't you know. seen it yet, but I'm sure that will be fun to watch and see how and for for the audience in general to just see kind of how people move differently. I feel like. I feel the way the, at least uh, speaking for the queer women, I feel like it was, I don't want to say typical, but like it, it just was very, um, we definitely brought a lot of the, um, the heightened emotions and the drama, like right away into yes, it. And I feel like that sure is typical did. of lesbian right. relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, yeah, that and also we've talked about 
on this podcast before, like, what would a lesbian dating show look like? And we're like, well, what would keep the contestants from hooking up with each other? And the answer is not much. <laughs> yeah, I think that not that it was like out of control on this show, but like it happens. It happens. Yeah. And I think mentally, I wish that I had been thinking a little bit more in that mindset, because I think going in, I was thinking about all the past structures I had I had seen in terms of what I had right. seen on, on reality TV. And and you're right, we haven't seen this at representation. Maybe I would have watched more of it if there were lesbian shows and, and the types of relationships I wanted to see. So I just had this very like, very kind of more like structured idea going into it. And I really was not thinking about the fact that it could be a free for all in there. Right. <laughs> and right. I, w- I wish I did. I mean, looking back, I'm like, well, of course, but <laughs> in the moment, yeah. I mean, I wasn't really thinking about that. And so it, it, that was definitely something that affected me. I definitely got upset about it. Um, at first because right. I wasn't prepared <laughs> for that. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Well, I'll be interested in hearing your thoughts after you see it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep us posted. Yeah, yeah, please do. It was also the first time I've ever seen pronouns in people's lower thirds graphics. Right. Like for all everybody. of the contestants. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. It was just so like queer there was a moment in the second episode a bunch of people were in a hot tub and it was like the girls gays and theys were all just like talking about someone and they were like you know what no aggressive isn't cute yeah no aggressive isn't cute which is like not some a take you ever hear on reality dating shows that are usually completely aggressive in nature yeah i was like this is such a queer breath of fresh air this is the coziest queerest reality dating show i've ever seen (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was also like effortlessly queer, though. Like it it felt very natural, very organic, like, you know, people's identity was never an issue, which we love to see. Like, let's just watch people be happy and like trying to find love and going on dates and being cute. And it doesn't really matter what gender you're interested in or whatever like you know everybody's kind of trying to do the the same thing so it it is a really nice feel-good show how long were you in the chalet for um let's see I want to say I I really lost track of time while I was there (laughs) I think we were there for about a month wow yeah, probably around four or five weeks. And then we did the home visit. And then after that was the New Year's uh, trip. Okay. Yeah. Because it makes it seem a lot more accelerated because I was confused with Danny's storyline because he kept saying that he knew Nikki for so much longer than mm-hmm. Brooke. And I'm like, how much longer could it have been that it made this much of a difference? But... I mean, yeah, it, you do lose. But a couple of, of weeks, yeah, it could be a big. Yeah, deal. I want to say Brooke came on towards. I don't want to say towards the end, but definitely much later on. It might have been a couple right. weeks with Nikki before he met Brooke. Yeah. Other questions about the filming of the show, <laughs> the <laughs> the drinking. Uh, you know, nobody was ever acting sloppy or drunk or anything on the show, but. The shots that are included, the drinks are constantly 
being poured and I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope these folks are are hydrating. <laughs> like, how are you able to to keep up with all of the the festivities, let's say? You know, that was difficult for me personally because <laughs> I've never been able to be a hardcore drinker in the first place. I've always had a very sensitive stomach. Uh and now I'm also in my 30s and a lot of uh, I would yeah. say the majority of the people on the show were still in their 20s. And yeah. so I mean, if you rewind a few years back, yeah, maybe I would have been um, able to keep up a little bit more. But one of my biggest struggles was trying to get enough rest because you have a whole day of filming. And then at night, the drinks are coming out. And sometimes that was the only time that I'd really get an opportunity to like connect a little bit more um, with my dates. So it was just like, okay, like not get much sleep tonight and connect more or try to be like rest up for tomorrow. And it's just like, everything's back to back to back. So yeah, but the drinks, I think part of the purpose that there were always drinks available for us was to make sure we were nice and um, loose and open (laughs) to be vulnerable and, um, and get us like warmed up. So I think there was definitely a purpose. (laughs) And also it's just, it's a wild environment. I think the drinks definitely helped for a lot of people to just kind of, I don't know, have fun. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's a holiday show. Yeah. Can we talk about your outfits? Which we love. I mean, (laughs) wow. Hats off. Amazing looks were pulled throughout. You really repped the community well with the suits, especially. (laughs) How much planning goes into that? Like in the lead up, like, are you just like, pre-planning all your outfits what's the How much consideration you yeah. have yeah <laughs> you know what it was it was uh thank you first of all uh it was <laughs> definitely a collaborative effort um their wardrobe team was awesome it was something that there was definitely a lot of conversation about going into the show because i've over the last year especially um i mean it's, it's still been kind of uh, like i feel like i'm still actually kind of coming into my own more. And in the last year or two, I've been getting more and more comfortable dressing more masculine presenting because it's like, I didn't come out till I was 30 and I've just, I've been dressing a lot more feminine for a while. But like, I started off when I was younger, when I was little, little, like I hated dresses. I was not very girly. I wanted to, I was like a little tomboy, like wanted to wear backwards hat and like sneakers and like, just be comfortable. So this was something that it it was important for me. If I'm, if I'm representing myself on TV, I wanted to fully represent myself in the way that I look. And so fashion is important for me and how I feel. And I wanted to feel confident in who I am and, and how I look. So I, I know that like they, there were times where they wanted to push some dresses and I was actually open to wearing dresses, but I mostly wanted to really just embrace my more masculine presenting side. And it was just like, every time I tried on a dress and maybe it just wasn't the right one, I just didn't feel, I wasn't feeling comfortable. Um, But I really wanted to rock some suits because when I'm put on a suit, it just makes me feel so good. <laughs> yes. And so I just, I love that they really allowed me to, and, and they made it clear to me that they wanted me to represent myself in the best way. They wanted me to feel comfortable. They wanted me to feel like I looked beautiful. And, and so 
I got a lot of support in that. So it was definitely a collaborative effort on what I was wearing. And some things were some of my own, but I did get a lot from wardrobe. And and I mean, they'd be like, okay, like, do you like this? And I'd be like, no, They're like, do, I, do you like this? Yes. And like, it was just a lot of that, just trying to figure out what worked. Love it. Did you get to keep anything? I know, right? I did, yeah. What about that white suit? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have the white. Um, yes. Kept the yes. red one, the green one. Oh, uh, so yeah, so some of my good. favorite stuff. Makes it all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so, uh, yeah, w- once I started finding like well-fitted suits for me it's it's very hard to go back to dresses for special occasions because it feels so I'm still in that process awesome yeah I'll get there someday (laughs) and I just I also too just like I I do still feel like I'm very much in the middle and I've always wanted to be able to still have the flexibility to be like if I want to look really feminine one day or if I really want to look super masculine and it's been it's been a journey to accept that too, because I've always had this like concern, like, Oh, if I've dressed like this, if I dress a certain way, these people won't be attracted to me or, and I'm just think I've always been thinking too much about that. And I'm just like, throw all of that out. I need to dress for me and I don't have to choose and I can wake up each day. And if this is what I feel like wearing, I can wear that. And I want to like promote that and show that it's okay to be right in the middle. It's okay to be both. You don't have to pick one or the other. And there's nothing mat uh, there's nothing to matter with being one or the other. But right. For me, I just felt like I never really fit in the box with this and and I'm I'm really happy that they allowed me to express that. We love that because I I feel like sometimes as a community we can get caught up in labels like are you femme? Are you mask? Are you a top? Are you a bottom? You know, yeah. all that kind of stuff and it's like we contain multitudes. Stressful. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, we should be allowed <laughs> yeah. to feel some way with some people um, or some days, you know, a lot of things can affect what what mood we're in, what we're feeling and how versatile we are. And there's no reason to limit ourselves. So I love that you you tried to rep that on the show and I think it came through. Oh, so yeah. cool. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so are you somebody, you know, talking about cuffing season, uh, which is kind of the the premise of this show, right? It's all about finding someone in time, I mean, in theory, for for the holidays, um, so that you're not having to spend all those months by yourself. That's my understanding of cuffing season. What What's your understanding or melody? Do you know more about cuffing season? This is like unfamiliar territory for me because I've never been one who's, I'm like a serial monogamist or, yeah. or was one. And like, I was just always in a relationship. So it was never like, ooh, I better find someone in time for, for the holidays. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I never did the season thing. Like it just never depended on a specific season for me. It was like, if I found like someone right now it could be in the summer it could be any time um I didn't really ever base it on that so finding someone for the holidays specifically was like not really a goal in the past so that was kind of that was a a new experience for me to be like I'm specifically finding someone for the holidays (laughs) yeah yeah I same here I never really uh, maybe I tried and failed in the past, but yeah, didn't like stick to a strict schedule. There does seem to be two seasons. People talk about hot girl summer and cuffing season. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, was yeah. talking to my uh, gay guy friends and one of them in particular sent me the cuffing season schedule. If you guys would like to hear it. 
Oh, there's a yes. Walk us through schedule. this. Yes. yes, there's a whole <laughs> schedule. It's very like football-y. Okay, so there's. It's not just like cuffing season. It's broken down into first we have scouting season within cuffing okay. season. That's August first through thirty first. Okay, hot girl summer's winding down. You're scouting. You just got like one eye open. Then we have drafting season. <laughs> That's September first through thirtieth. Okay. Tryouts are October 1st through 31st. We're in the preseason right now, November 1st to 30th. Actual cuffing season is supposed to be, according to the gays, December 1st to January 15th. Then we have the playoffs, okay? <laughs> January 16th to February 3rd. Championship game, Valentine's Day. And that's cuffing season as it's been explained to me. But that makes it sound like there's like a lot of people yeah. involved. I thought the whole point of cuffing season was like hook yourself on to one other person. Yeah, but it, that's getting harder and harder for people these days. I don't know. Yeah. That does sound like a lot of energy, though. I know. <laughs> it's not like a whole game. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It's good to know. It's good to know the schedule now. <laughs> Okay, who's ready for a true story? When I entered my MFA program this fall, I knew I was going to have so little time for cooking. So I wanted a solution that would let me have tasty, healthy meals in a flash so that after class, I could still have time and energy to be gay. So I signed up for Factor, which ships you ready-to-eat meals that are chef-created and dietitian approved They're fresh, never frozen, so all you have to do is stick them in the microwave for two minutes, and then they're nice and done. Um, The weekly menu has over 35 options. The salmon entrees are always my personal favorite, but they have um, a lot of things you can choose from, options for different dietary needs like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. They also have add-ons for when you don't need an entire meal. Um, I tried some good cookies and some jerky. Uh, No prep, no mess, and when I looked into it financially, which was one of my main concerns, it was actually less expensive than uh, takeout and honestly really close to the cost of buying ingredients at the grocery store down my block in New York City. Uh, And then I saved a lot of time. So to me, it was definitely worth it. Did I mention that the meals are also really delicious? Like I've yet to try one that I didn't like. So if that sounds good to you, I think you should give it a try too. Head to factormeals.com slash dykingout50 and use code dykingout50 to get 50% off. That's code dykingout50 at factormeals.com slash dykingout50 to get 50% off. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. Yeah, I I just feel like cuffing season, like every year, and especially with social media, you just hear a lot about it, like, oh, cuffing season's coming up, and it's like a big thing. And I'm like, is, is this a real thing? Because that seems like... I don't know. To me, it seems like a weird time to get into a relationship, especially because then you have like, depending on the the timing, it's like, what do you do for for the holidays, especially with like lesbians who, you know, get serious a lot faster. It seems that if you've been with somebody for for two months, you can have a very intense bond. And it's like, okay, are you going to meet my parents now for Christmas? Like and that that brings it to a whole other level. Like, why would you put that pressure on yourselves? 
Yeah. Well, you know, that's what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. That is what happened that's to you. Exactly Mike. what happened to me. And, um, it was, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Luckily it went well, but getting into a relationship just before the holidays, like, I feel like I lost hair over it. <laughs> really stressful. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Had you before the show brought anyone home, like around the holidays? Uh, yeah, I have, but not, that was before I came out. So, um, mm. the majority of my twenties I spent in two long-term relationships. So one was about four years, the other was about three or three and a half. And those two people were very much a part of my family's lives. But this was back when my family was also living in the same state. And it mm -hmm. was very normal for us to like bring people over for the holidays. Like there's always someone new, like one of my brother's friends or like a sister's boyfriend or like, and there was always someone at the house. We were always having cookouts and like holidays was just like, like we were the type to take in anybody if they didn't have someone to spend their holiday with, like come, come over with us. So it was, it, it wasn't as big of a deal. Um, but there were actually both of those, both those boyfriends ended up really kind of becoming like, well, of course in the different times, but becoming a part of the family. And like, we do name drawing and like, they would get included in that and everything. Like we do yeah. like secret Santa and stuff. So so, um, so it, it, it's not so weird for me to like, if I am seeing someone like that to bring them around, but now that I'm, I'm not really living in the same place as my family and we're more spread out, it would actually be more of a big deal because if we're getting, if we're together and we're at the point where we're going to get on a plane and go somewhere to go celebrate with the family, then we're probably pretty serious. And none of my right. relationships in the last um, several years have gotten that serious where we're going to go travel together and go to be with my family on the holidays. So this, this show kind of like introduced that into my life and I haven't brought a woman home to the family. So, uh, so that was new for me. So. Ooh, flying. Yeah. Is also <laughs> the ultimate test for any relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I agree. Like, not even the like meeting the family. It's actually the ultimate test is like the air logistics. travel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I agree. In one of the, the conversations that you had with Hina on the show that that made the cut, you brought up a term and I love that you brought it up and that it, <laughs> it made into the discussion. But you mentioned that they were kind of love bombing you on the show and love bombing. We talked about it. I think it was our love addiction episode uh, with Rivka Reyes. And that seems like something that probably happens too. If you're dating during cuffing season is if it's like, a, you know, the holiday spirit is in the air. Yeah. It's like gift giving and stuff like that. Romantic gestures are, are high and, I don't know. I just thought it was really um, like emotionally mature of you to recognize, like to be able to tell apart the uh, like love bombing and be like, well, is this real or is this just like love bombing? Can you talk a little bit more about that and how you were able to kind of suss through this like false sense of intimacy maybe that the show created? Yeah, definitely. And I, I wasn't sure if that was going to make it in. I had a lot of anxiety around that, actually, because I have a tendency to doubt 
myself a lot um, and doubt my reality because I've spent, uh, and, and this is where I've gotten the term from. I've had to do a lot of my own like hand and heart work from past relationships because I've been in some just mentally, emotionally abusive relationships. I've um, I had narcissists in my life. And so I've gotten to know some of these terms and I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying he knows this or that. Right. But th- these are where I've, I've gotten these terms from. And so I move through life now with a certain amount of awareness of what things to watch out for. And you, you may have heard me talk a lot about like not wanting to repeat patterns in the past. I mean, I had to learn a lot yeah. about myself on why I was attracting these types of people into my life. So it's a lot when I'm when I'm stepping into new situations, it's a lot of just like looking for certain red flags and checking in with myself and just kind of like hoping I'm not attracting the same thing. Um, because I know that those things in the past that I attracted were not healthy for me. And a lot of what's happened in the past, this has been very consistent, is people come into my life wanting to be a part of my life, wanting to experience me and whatever I can bring them. And they, it's really exciting and passionate right away. And they're doing the most, they're doing a lot of things. And me, I'm just, I get swept up in that because I, I mean, how how can you not, it's hard to not get swept up in that. And you're like, this feels so good. And then it drops off and it's not consistent. And then they're gone. And yeah, and then you're like, well, what happened here? So if someone's doing the most in the beginning before they even know me or know who I am and know if they even like me, it makes me a little concerned and worried that like, is this, is this authentic? Is it something, or they, are they just doing this to get what they need to benefit? Is it just about them or is this, is this genuine? Because I mean, I've, I've had a lot of nice things done for me and I've had a lot of (laughs) people say a lot of things and, um, some, some of that's been genuine and and a lot has, has not. So I, I wasn't sure when, when I brought up that, I remember they immediately responded of just like, well, that's really dangerous. That's a dangerous term to use. And then part of me was just like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is, maybe I shouldn't have used that term, but then I'm like, also, am I being gaslit? <laughs> um, You're being gaslit. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was just, so proud of you in that moment. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you tell just, them <laughs> with Hina. I mean, that is exactly what happened. And what made me think that in the first place, because Hina went hard. I mean, Hina was, is, I mean, Hina is a very impressive person. Brilliant. Yeah. They, speaks several languages. They have all these um, awesome qualities about them. So they had a lot to bring to the table and to show right away. But then it was like, as soon as, as soon as there was something that they didn't like, and they got triggered in a certain way, they pulled all of that back. They just, I, and I felt in a way like I was getting punished and not getting to receive that same affection anymore. And it, it just left so quickly. Like the shift was extreme, literally night and day. It was like, front, and, and now yeah. that was right when I was getting triggered and getting upset. So I understand their reaction was also off of my change of energy too. But, um, I mean, the reason why I'm, I'm in a position now where I'm not doing the most, cause I, I mean, I used to, I used to do the most too for people in the beginning, but then I was like, well, why am I 
doing that before I'm really giving this a chance and getting to know people. And like, so yeah, so that's kind of where I kind of came from with that. And I still kind of had a lot of doubt on, I don't know, is this love bombing? Was it not? And towards the end, I mean, looking back now, I think that I do have doubts around the authenticity of how Hina felt about me. And if they really felt a certain way about me, or if it was just about, I guess, winning or just kind of getting what they needed. So, right. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we love to see the emotional maturity. It was so (laughs) funny, like watching, uh, not funny, but like really refreshing seeing the queer people on the show getting into their feelings and (laughs) being just like so eloquent. I don't know. Queer people have to do a lot of like looking inward. And it was like really clear the contrast between like the gay and straight relationships on the show. (laughs) Like, yeah, I I feel like whenever I've watched dating shows that are more heteronormative, it's a lot of like, pettiness and and jealousy between the competitors and just like everybody like almost like mindlessly going after like the one bachelor or whatever whether or not it's the the right person but this like feeling of like oh it needs to be me whatever but I appreciated how uh, it really comes across that you are being thoughtful in trying to be like as in touch as you could be with how you were how you were feeling with not wanting to mislead anybody, not wanting to waste anyone's time with being really honest with yourself, honest with them. It was just like the most emotionally mature and like responsible dating (laughs) show that that I've ever seen. I mean, I haven't seen uh, a ton, but like I can definitely say that uh, by far. And that felt just so queer. I've seen a ton. uh, You're right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I I enjoyed that actually like I I think that um looking back I'm glad that we were able to have a lot of these just in deep introspective conversations and I mean I feel like a lot of us were doing that and I I'm definitely a big advocate for having being more vulnerable and having more of these conversations. Like when I'm meeting people, we can be open and we're just not on the surface. Like that's, uh, I mean, that's my shit. Like I love that stuff. So I'm glad that this, this show really allowed for these types of conversations to be happening. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Are you big into astrology yourself? Because I don't know if I heard you talk (laughs) about it, but like a lot of the time or, or the other contestants there for you would be like well she's an Aquarius so you know (laughs) (laughs) you know it's funny because I didn't know anything about this stuff for the longest and maybe because I just grew up in such a heteronormative environment like and so I started learning more about it especially when I came out (laughs) and then hanging out with lesbians um and actually uh uh, I learned my full chart this year and Hina helped me um, learn that because I was like, I didn't know what time I was born. So I finally found that on the birth certificate and then we were able to figure out my full chart. So now I know that, but there's still just so much like, like I know some personality traits with different signs, but there's still 
like sometimes I'm just like, yeah, well, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like I don't. Yeah. And I, and I also just think that I, I do believe in astrology, but I also feel like it can't be everything because we all grew up so differently and it all depends right. on how we grew up and also just how the work that we're doing in our own lives, because I'm a completely different person than I used to be. And I've been able to see myself, see, like recognize certain traits and be able to work on them and change things. So I don't like to get stuck in, this is my personality. So this is how I'm going to be and box myself yeah. in like that. Yeah. And I, and yes, I've had certain signs like do me wrong. And part of me, when I meet someone, let's say if I meet another Virgo, I'm going to be like, Oh no, but I can't, <laughs> I'm, I don't, I really don't think I'm going to let, like, I'll have a certain little like negative thought in my mind, but I don't think I would let that hinder me from being, from dating another Virgo because uh, which also I found out Virgo's in my chart. So I was like, that's ironic. Um, <laughs> Virgo rising. I'm like, well, that makes sense. I feel like a lot of times people are a reflection of ourselves. Uh, and I find that like Virgos I've talked about a lot have been the ones that have like hurt me the most, but I've also really loved Virgos. And I'm just like, well, maybe that's how I feel about myself. Like it's like uh, a little love hate relationship. Right, right. <laughs> so oh, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. There was even a moment, yeah, obviously lesbians love astrology. I love that you got more hip to it after you came out that all tracks <laughs> Winston, even at one point in the show was talking about his sign with someone else. And he was just like, well, not to be like lesbian about it. Like I don't take it that seriously. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So funny. We love our charts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's true. I remember someone, I think it was a past guest, was surprised to learn that my wife was a Sagittarius. And they're like, oh, you, you locked down a, a Sagittarius? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, there are a lot of Sagittariuses that are married in the world. <laughs> like, it's not an impossible thing like are you just using that as an excuse for you not to commit to things i think that's a you thing and not oh, it was a <laughs> something to yeah yeah <laughs> but we're, we're projecting our own stuff <laughs> yeah yeah anyway i guess um going back to like cuffing season and, and the holidays and the, and the show are, are you into the holidays and all those activities or were there some things where you're like Oh my gosh, this is like corny or or do you do you geek out about it? Do you find it fun? I do have that little cheesy side to me. So not gonna lie. Okay, when it came to like the dates and and uh, um getting to be around animals, that was something that I really loved, like the reindeer and the horses. Yeah. Um I think there's some things maybe I'm not that into, but I really am the type to like, let's make Christmas cookies um, yeah. around the holiday. I like, I really do enjoy this stuff. I, I do get into holidays. So, I mean, I used to, when I was a kid, me and my siblings would go and sing carols to, we would walk around the neighborhood singing carols to people and we would go to nursing homes and sing to the older people. Um, and so it's been, it's, it's been a part of my life. Like that was like a time when we really kind of focused on like traditional stuff. And, and so there's a part of me that really likes that. What's your favorite holiday movie? <laughs> Ooh, um, I would have to say elf. <laughs> me too. Great <laughs> choice yes. too, right? Carolyn, we love great elf choice. Yeah. I mean, home alone and elf home are, alone and elf, that's it. 
are tied, but I was hoping Mm -hmm. and only because I saw on your Instagram that you were wearing a Whitney Houston uh, shirt. I'm like, could it be the preacher's wife? Because that's like my sleeper favorite that nobody ever brings up. The preacher's wife is a favorite holiday movie, but I love Whitney Houston so much. um, (laughs) You know, I'll watch that over and over. (laughs) Yes, I need to watch that again. Yeah, I'm not even Christian, and I, my family, we, they grew up, like, we celebrated Christmas, so they would make me feel not as, like, left out when I was a kid, but then we eventually stopped, but I feel like after the last few holiday seasons, or just, like, COVID, you know, like, I'm, I need yeah. Christmas, like, I'm, I'm doing Christmas this year, Yeah, <laughs> getting a tree, I mean, yeah, and that's why I enjoyed the show so much, it was just, like, so cozy, and yeah, like feel good. Never thought I'd say that about a reality dating show. So feel good. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like all the parts of like the Hallmark movies that are so bad, but like all those fun things from the movies are put in this like other show that ha- that's just like very queer. And I'm like, oh, this is better. Now this gives me like my fill of like... Uh, romantic holiday content. So that was very fun about it. One of the the things in the show the um, is like the gift giving ceremony. But in in real life, how do you feel about gift giving? Um, especially like if you're in a relationship, do you feel like a lot of pressure? Do you like to do homemade stuff? Like how do you go about it? I actually love giving gifts. And that's a love language for me, not necessarily in terms of receiving, but it's a way I like to show love. And sometimes my siblings in the past have joked that I'm like Santa, because I like, I just, I love to buy people gifts. And when I'm in a relationship or I'm seeing someone, I am definitely the person to be listening to everything you're saying. If I hear you say, oh, I like this shirt or I like these shoes or something like that, I'm secretly making notes and you can possibly expect to have that soon. And I like surprises. I like to give surprises. So I really have put a lot of effort and, and also like gifts don't need to be a lot of money. Cause like I, my family, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. So like we, we got used to making random things for gifts and I know how to bake and cook too. So I've baked like heart shaped cakes before I'm telling you, I really in the past, I've done the most. <laughs> so I made some like cakes before and like just different things. So I feel like as long as like, if it's meaningful or it's, it, you know, it's something that's like their favorite or they really like, then like, I get really into that. Like I will go down rabbit holes, researching and finding like to like find that perfect gift for someone. Oh, you're good. Yeah. I, I know, love I'm so those people. That. I know. I, I know. If I wasn't so selfish. Like, I have <laughs> right. like that. <laughs> we're, or we're my girlfriend even. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're very self-absorbed comedians, but I've been with people or I have friends who just, yeah, have a running notes app note on their phone. They keep year round. Anytime someone mentions that they really like something and they're always like springing it on them when they're least expecting it. I love that quality so much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we all, all have our love languages. Yes, we do. We do. So. <laughs> yeah. I like I was that way as a kid. <laughs> I just had this memory of like one year I really thought I got like the best gift for my grandparents. And it was, do you remember back in the day, the clapper for Clap like on. the... 
clap, oh, clap, yeah, up. clap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all in and our thirties. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, my my grandparents they they uh they sit around a lot in their big like comfy chairs and they don't like to to get up from their spots in front of the TV. <laughs> so this is the best gift ever. But it just drove them mad because like certain sounds, like someone would shut the door and then the lights would go off, like. <laughs> It just made life so confusing for them. Uh, I love a a Christmas gift gone bad. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Another big thing with being queer and this idea of of cuffing season, like in the queer community, friendships and chosen family is is such a big thing that I don't know. Like, is it actually like a real thing that happens? Because I feel like like right now, you know, Thanksgiving is a couple days away and my Instagram feed is full of queer people being like, who needs a place for Thanksgiving? Let's do Friendsgiving, all of that. Like we're so much about making sure that everyone's like taken care of, has a place to be, that it doesn't seem like as urgent to like, I must be in a relationship right now. And I wonder if, if that's changing. Like, do you feel like you're just as happy to spend the holidays with just like friends and families and without a partner. What's the added bonus, I guess, of being coupled up? Is there one or, you know, you don't miss it and just let it be organic. I don't know. That's a great question. And I mean, you'll hear me talk on the show a lot about um, how important it is around the holidays for me to have someone. Um, uh, But truthfully, I feel like I've gotten to a place in my life where, I mean, I've, I've been single for a really long time and I've actually spent, there's been a couple of holidays I've spent completely by myself and not feeling alone and miserable, feeling great. Um, because Mm I, I moved away to, I, I lived, I was living in LA for a few years and I wasn't living anywhere close to family. So there were times that I couldn't, maybe I only had one or two days off of work and I couldn't go get on a plane and leave somewhere. And at first it was difficult, but eventually I got to a place where I got really comfortable in my solitude. And I think just the more that you can learn to be alone and not just get by, but just like really find joy in that. I just feel like you really will find a lot more joy in these times when a lot of people are getting together. But, but yes, I do still love being around friends and family. There is a benefit bringing someone home to be around the family. I mean, I've experienced both. I've been completely by myself or with groups of friends or chosen family or with my family and had a significant other there. And there's, I mean, all of the above, you can have a great holiday. Yeah. yeah. You can have a very fulfilling time. So you don't have to have that. Um, and I think a lot of people these days are really kind of embracing that more kind of like wait, you were saying and and um kind of finding their chosen families or finding like i mean one thing i've noticed in my life in the last couple years is how much love i have surrounded surrounding me in my life that's that's non-romantic and how fulfilling that is so i think i think a lot of people are really kind of getting into that space because especially with the pandemic and everything, it's just, it's a hard time to date. It's a hard time to, to date and find someone and do things a little bit more traditionally. So I think people are spending a lot of time learning how to have a fulfilling life without being in a relationship. Oh, I love that. Cuff yourself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cuff yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, Cuff Yourself, I think that's a good place to to wrap up uh, our conversation on the topic on the show. Uh, Amanda, what's next for you? So you're an actor? Yeah, I've been auditioning quite a bit. I've been pretty busy this year, especially like throughout the summer and into the fall. Uh, I've been traveling a lot for work and I've been in Texas. A lot of that has been commercials and I did one Netflix film uh, kind of a small role at a few lines and that was that filmed in texas in the summer and that's probably coming out i think next year but yeah i'm still actively auditioning and just um hoping to book the role that's right for me so and then also i'm looking for a new representation in la and possibly Atlanta as well, unless I find an agency that um, represents in both areas. And then I would like to, I'm really pushing myself to start writing more. I used to tell myself, oh, I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer, but I've always enjoyed writing. I've I've always like journaled a lot and I enjoy creative writing. So it is my goal. I want to make a short film next year and I want to write it and get a team together to, to put that together. And I've had some ideas here and there for some for shows, but on the narrative side, uh, but I haven't really put much into that yet, but these are some of my, um, my goals that I would like to start working on here in the next year. So. Love it. Love yeah. it. We would yeah. love to see more creators like you. Uh, would love to see you on screen in a narrative context too. So that's exciting. Uh, where can people follow you on social media? They can follow me on Amanda Grace Jenkins. And that's uh, the same on Instagram and TikTok. And most importantly, are your DMs open? Uh, Our listeners are going to want to know. Yeah. They're going to want to know. Are yeah. your DMs open? Um, I mean, they're they're always open. I'm always happy to meet new people. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel like I'm in a good space right now, like just doing my thing. Um, but yeah, people can reach out if they want to. all right (laughs) you heard it here well amanda grace thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and excited for everybody to uh to watch the show and i hope it leads to exciting things for you thank you very much it was so nice talking with you guys and getting to be on your podcast thanks amanda yeah i think i walked away from that whole conversation just not believing in cuffing season i don't think it's a thing nope i don't either i still believe in hot girl summer but that's it yes i believe in hot girl summer cuffing season i think it is a myth and if there are some science dykes out there with uh with some hard data to prove us otherwise send it over because i don't believe it Mm-mm. also can i say that it really blew my mind that the show does not take place over Christmas. I was going to say, can we talk about it? I mean, can we, yeah, can, can we, we reveal that, that we have like a PR person on? The, I just assumed they would cut in. I thought they would say, you cannot talk about that. Yeah. Right. When she said that to be like, hey, 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 they got to know it's Christmas <laughs> 2020. Like, you know, um, right, right. But uh, yeah. yeah, I was wondering the timing of it because I was like, wow, they really filmed this uh, like you know before before the vaccines it was last spring in fact We're out, but no yeah they they did it in time for for people to be uh vaxxed i'm like how how did this show even get made but that's it it's and that's the sky we yeah we got for you yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> it shook me. I, I was kind of distracted the whole time being like, wait a minute. So well, like this whole like the New Year's. I, I was like, when the fireworks that go off on New Year's Eve, I'm like, what, what were I those fireworks CGI. from? And I actually <laughs> yeah. just finished the last episode because I had binged it all day, had it on while in the lead up to our interview. Right. Didn't right. I was finished halfway through the last episode. So then I finally finished actually yesterday. Um, I was like, oh, I should wrap this up with the knowledge just for half an episode that it was being <laughs> shot. What last March? What did she say? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm watching now, maybe because I knew what looked like a very fake New Year's situation. But I'm yes. like, was Carolyn just watching this like through movie magic, through editing. Was you, like, you, I'm like, did you think it was New Year's? You're watching? Yeah. No, no I was watching. Think, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, w- I was watching being like, this feels off. Oh, like okay. for, yeah, for like this time of year in New York. I'm like, what, what is this? Allie like, was like, staging? oh, a singular firework display. <laughs> That's not how that happens in New York. So it was just one right in front of them on the yeah. Empire. Okay. Are we just spoiling the show? Let's move on. <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah, we we it's have listeners. Fun. It's fun, and they have questions. So, so let's, let's get, get to get that. To All right. <clears throat> okay, I've been talking to this girl and seeing her quite a bit. Things are getting kind of serious. In May, she got out of her last relationship, which was about two years long. As someone who's been single for a long time and happy with it, that seems to be really recent to me. Yet she tells me she wants to be exclusive. She blocked her ex on everything except text. Is it out of place to ask her to block her ex once we are finally official? Would it be bad to take a step back if she refused? Yeah. Yes and yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) People don't have to block their exes on unless like are there inappropriate messages happening or something? Um, Like this person said it ended badly. So if she blocked her on everywhere, like. Just because she doesn't have the text block, that's that's like super controlling behavior to be like you need to block your ex on text and and then to say you're not gonna be exclusive uh, or yeah. like make it official or whatever if she doesn't do it. We're saying no, 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 no. Yes, that's bad. Um, I had a situation where I requested someone block an ex, but this was um. First of all, a man, um, <laughs> cis man who um, kept trying to reach out Burn and him. like, yeah, like being really gaslighty in the DMs and just like yeah. manipulating and calling when drunk. And I was like, OK, if you could please, you know, and I feel sure. like that's OK. Like if it's like they're yeah, if it's actively a being toxic yeah. and in your face, like there's no. Yeah. But if it's for the um, threat of a text in the future that you want them to block. No, they, they broke up in May. That was over. I don't know when we got this question, but that was over like six months ago. Like that's fine for a two year relationship. That's plenty of time has passed. I don't know why you feel threatened by this ex. There was some other information in this question. Like, the potential girlfriend, I guess, is close with the ex's family. Like that'll fade over time. Like I got close to my ex-wife's family and we still kept in touch for uh, a little bit. And I still keep in touch with my um, ex 
brother-in-law who I was really close with, but it's, it's not like, it's not like a huge part of my life, you know, like there's okay. nothing. So is that all we need? That was that we, we just edited it for like the sake of timing, but that was it, right? That she is still friends with yeah. this, uh, ex's sister. And yeah, you're okay I just didn't think that, that was relevant. Yeah. Okay. I, d- I didn't think that was relevant information. Like it was almost like they were this person, who wrote in who we love you for listening to Diking Out, but it it felt like you were saying like, oh, I'm being cool about her being friends with her ex's sister. Just so not- I should be able to right. have her block the ex. Well, riddle me this. What if this sister that this person is still so close to, what if something happens to the sister and <laughs> the ex then needs to reach out to this person you're seeing because something happened with this uh, sister that you're so close with. And that's the only way they can get in touch. They're blocked on everything else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, that's I mean going too far. Yeah. That's got not your, not your example though. That does. That's I like that your mind goes there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think she's that trying to track down what if her sister goes missing? Is she trying to track her down? I'm just trying to make it make sense. <laughs> what if she like found something uh, like, uh, you know, her grandma's jewelry that got passed on that she accidentally left at her place? I don't know. Yeah. But like, there's no reason that this is definitely a listener. I'm sorry to tell you, but you have you have a you problem. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the problem here is not the ex. The problem is is you and feeling uh, threatened by it and y- you need to you need to get over it. Right. Yeah. Look at that. We're agreeing. We started <laughs> off today recording a Patreon episode. Absolutely disagreeing. And we've come together in agreement that, yeah, it's it, bad. It's, it's a Hanukkah miracle. <laughs> yeah. On this third night of Hanukkah that we are recording. Mazel. Uh, yeah, oh. hope everyone's still enjoying their their Hanukkah. Should still be going strong uh, when this ep comes out. And that's it. If you have a question, send it to dykingout at gmail.com. Follow us at dykingout on social media. Follow me at TGI Carolyn. You follow me at Melody Kamali. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories, and other hot-button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminists wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye. Bye.